I love this part of the story. I mean, this is, uh, I, I don't know that there is a, 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 you know, a major motion picture that is aligned with this movie or, uh, I, or this, this book, but I know there could be. This is an incredible story. And I, as I was reading it more this week, I just began to see kind of what this would look like if it was a movie and we were following the story. Um, so I've kind of summarized the first three verses. We're going to start reading in verse 4. And this is where we're trying to get to, right? This is Jonah in this story. He's asleep. And many of us find ourselves uh, asleep and ignoring and just unaware of the chaos and the distress that is going around us. And yet we find here Jonah, in the title of this sermon, uh, is woken up to this. Right? This is where we want to get our hearts to, uh, according to the emojis. All right, so Jonah 1-4. In summary of 1 through 3, I might as well just read them. Let me read the first three verses uh, just so we can be reminded they're not that long. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. All right, verse 4. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you, where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? These are these sailors asking Jonah. He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. What a powerful answer from a man who's not even talking to God at the time. The ter- this terrified them and they asked, what have you done? And they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. God, we come to you this morning with these verses out of your word. God, that we just pray you would show us, we would open our hearts to your spirit to uh, open 
our mind to what you're trying to tell us here. God, we know that you were pursuing Jonah. God, we know you're pursuing us. Let us take lessons from this truth in Jonah's life and apply it to our own so that we would be drawn closer to you and that we would be uh, a more faithful servant to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so I want to take this um, just kind of like scenes of a movie, and I want us to think, and I want to take it from a perspective. First, I want to take it from the perspective of these sailors um, and what they were, what they were going through uh, here. We, we find these sailors are uh, pagan is what it would have been referred to in the Old Testament. It means they were non-Christians. They were not Israelites. They were not God's chosen people. They were not Jonah's family. They were not the people that he cared about, that he loved. You know, he, God called him to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go to them because they were pagan. They were seen as the enemy. They weren't Israelites, so they didn't live up to, to snuff in his mind. And so that's who these, these, these sailors were. Uh, they didn't believe in, in God. They didn't really know who God uh, was. I'll say this. They were more than likely very seasoned sailors who should have taken uh, just storms in stride. If that's what you do for a living and you're on... Uh, the sea continually, you're a sailor, and it's more likely a freight ship that they were moving freight back and forth. You, uh, storms, they come and they go. I mean, this is it's something that, that they, in normal circumstances, would not have responded the way uh, that they do in this story. Uh, we shared last week, just real briefly, that God called Jonah to go to this great city of Nineveh, and yet Jonah ran right into a great wind on the sea. Same word. Go to a great city of Nineveh. He doesn't do it. God says, all right, I'm going to send, I'm going to throw a great wind on the sea to pursue you. So it does that. He throws a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea. So the ship was about to be broken up. It says, and the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. These sailors, I try to put myself in this, this mindset and in their place. For them to be as scared as they were, there was, there, there was something uh, superhuman about this storm. You know, did y'all get the wind last night? Anybody up to hear the wind and the rain last night? It's pretty powerful. As it was beating on our house, I was thinking, I mean, this feels like a mighty tempest. Um, but I felt, I've heard wind and I've seen rain before, so I didn't jump out of the bed and go crawl under the stairs, right? I've done it before, but not this time. But for some reason, there was something about this storm that immediately, it says these sailors were afraid. And if you've ever flown or you've ever been, been on a, on, you know, let's just use flying for an example, and, and you're okay, you may get scared, but things change when the, the, the crew, the flight attendants, start acting scared. These sailors, the seasoned ones who aren't supposed to be afraid of anything on the sea, they know how to do it. If you want somebody doing it, these are the ones. It says they were afraid, and they started each crying out to their own God, and I started thinking, uh, I was going to show a clip, it's not really appropriate, um, but uh, there's uh, uh, Talladega Nights, you know, it's probably not, uh, and, and Ricky Bobby, when, he's, when he gets out of his car that's been crashed, and he thinks he's on fire, you know, remember that scene, y'all, some of y'all act like you're too churchy to watch it, <laughs> and, and he says, he says, help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Oprah Winfrey. Help me, Tom Cruise. He's crying out to just anybody. 
to help him. And that's what, that's what, it takes a moment of fear like this that when you realize I'm completely out of control and somebody else is, and they, had just, they knew this was bigger than them. Innately, it is inside of us to know that there is a power greater than us. And they didn't know the real power, but they knew there was one. And they were just screaming out to anybody. Maybe as, as freighters and, and sailors, they've been to all these different ports and all these different countries. And they're saying, what about that God we heard about down in, down, in, down in Africa? What about that God we heard down in this country, in this port, in Phoenicia? And what about that God? Let's just tr- let's cry out to all of them. We've done something wrong. And we need to get to the greater power. And it says they're just crying out. Each of them to his own God. Then they tried to take the control and put the power in their own hands. Um, and they began to try to lighten the ship. I don't talk about Jonah yet. I do want to recognize this and this truth about storms and difficulties in our life. It's such a, this just helps explain so many things that so many of us have questions about. You know, why am I going through difficult times? Why is life hard right now? Why is life unfair right now? Why have I been this sick? Why have I lost my job? Why have we faced death in our family? Why is my family so uh, dysfunctional? Why, why, why? We're asking all these questions and we don't understand it. And yet this storm represents that in, in your life. And I want us to see a couple things here. Um, it, we found last week that disobedience has consequences. And, and I want to say it like this. Not every difficulty or storm that we face is the result of your own personal sin. But the Bible does teach that every sin will bring you into difficulty. So you're going you're gonna to come to things in life that are difficult, that are bad, that are just, you would, if you had to write and pick your own, you write your own story, you'd say this is not how it would be. But that difficulty, that thing in your life, and, and, and you're not going to be able to tie it back and say, oh, this happened to me because I did this. Because I want you to see something here with these sailors. They had nothing to do with this situation. This storm was not their storm. This was Jonah's storm. They were just in the middle of it, right? So they're sitting there thinking, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? i got to get to God. All of us are going to pray. And they all prayed to every God they knew, and the storm raged on. What I want us uh, to see is they had been drugged into the storm, and, um, and this was Jonah's storm. Uh, but we're going to see that God can use and does use, will use every difficulty good has a purpose has a purpose numbers 32 23 it says you will be sinning against the lord and you may be sure that your sin will find you out new testament says we will reap what we sow these sailors had ran smack dab into jonah's storm they just got on the boat with the wrong guy this day two lessons there there's there's one 
that your sin, your disobedience, your selfishness does not only impact you. Your decision to, to turn your back on God, your decision to continue run away from God, your, your decision to continue living the lifestyle that you want to live and be selfish, it impacts your wife, it impacts your husband, it impacts your children, it impacts your coworkers, it impacts your friends. You're just going to carry this, this storm and difficulty that sin's going to bring into your life. You're just going to bring it to wherever you go. And it's going to reach and impact the people around you. And the other thing is, there are times in your life you're going to face a difficulty. You think, do I deserve this? What did I do? And it wasn't even your fault. The unavoidable consequence of living in a fallen world, this just isn't heaven. <laughs> okay? The reason we face difficulties is because Adam and Eve sinned. When they sinned, this became a fallen world. And because it's a fallen world, things are just not perfect. They are not good. You will not be able to trace every bad thing that happens into your life back to a cause or why. Does that make sense? Are you following me? God didn't ask us to figure that out. But he did ask us to find great joy in our trials and our temptations. He did ask us to say, when we see that, so when we face that difficulty, to understand that God can work all things to the good of those that love him. The other thing we see here with these sailors is that uh, uh, God can use non-believers for good. I don't want to get too deep into this, um, but there's a doctrine out there called common grace. It's this idea that God... Uh, doesn't the Bible say that every good and precious gift is, comes from above, comes from God? That God can gift people who are not believers. If they're talented, if they're good, then they've got, this is common grace. These are everything good in the world came from God. And here are these non-believers. They care so much about the, the, the common good of the people in this boat that they're trying to figure this out. And, and they're pagan. They don't even know the real God. He's not even got a hold of them yet. And yet the very one that's supposed to be close to the creator of the sea, he is downstairs under deck taking a nap. There's a contrast here between Jonah and these sailors. One, Jonah's out of touch with the peril and the craziness that's going around him. And the sailors are extremely alert. Jonah's absorbed by his own problems. He's running from God. He don't care about the sailors. He doesn't care about the ship. He doesn't care about what he's brought with him. All he cares about is he's getting out of Dodge. And the sailors are seeking the good of all in the boat. They're praying to random gods, and Jonah won't even speak to his. Here are non-believers acting more like and showing more characteristics of a believer than Jonah is. Does that make sense? You'll see people in the world that do this, and this is a dangerous place to be when, when there's more compassion coming from people who aren't believers than are. And Jonah was an example of this. Let's look at what happens here. But Jonah had gone below deck where he laid down and fell into a deep sleep. I started thinking when I was reading this this week that uh, I always read that first part about you know, the Lord sent a great wind, the sea, and the storm, and that, that, uh, that the sailors were throwing stuff off. They were scared to death. 
And then I think, all right, then they go wake Jonah up. And I never really put myself in Jonah's shoes. So let's put ourselves in Jonah's shoes. Jonah got on this ship, right? He's running from God. He's feeling all peaceful. He's laying down in his, uh, his, 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 uh, his selfishness. And he's just going to lay there. And he's going down in this deep sleep. And he fell asleep. He didn't know all this other stuff's happening. He didn't know about verse 4 and verse 5 yet. You get me? He didn't know the chaos that's going around, uh, going on all around him. He says he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. And then the captain of the ship uh, goes down to him and he says, How can you sleep? And the title of this morning's uh, sermon is Get Up. And I want you to see why I titled it this. I want you to think about back to verse 1. The word there in the Hebrew that this pagan sailor used is the very same exact word that God himself used at the beginning of the chapter. That God had come to Jonah, he said, arise, he said, get up and go to Nineveh. And then what did he say? He says he got up and went the other direction. So he got in this ship and he lays down and he knows he's running from God. He's thinking he's escaped his creator. He's thinking God will send somebody else, take care of those evil Nineveh, Ninevites. And I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm so thankful. I'm going to go sit on the beach and I'm done with God. And he's in this deep sleep and he starts to come out of it. And here's this pagan sailor, the very one he does. These are the type of people he doesn't even care about. And he hears the same Hebrew word, Jonah. I don't know. If, I mean, if they, they thought the ship was getting ready to break apart. I, don't, I doubt they would have went. I doubt the captain was like, Jonah, hey. Hey, Jonah, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. You're going to miss the bus. His poor probably more like, what are you doing asleep? Jonah, get up. And he's coming out of this fog, and he hears this pagan sailor. I'm sure he's a beautiful guy. Uh, and, and he hears, he hears this person in God's sovereignty speaking the same word that he refused to heed to. Are you feeling me here how Jonah must have felt? He's coming out of this stupor. And he hears this person who shouldn't even know who God is, and God is using that person. You know, God can use people who aren't believers. He'll use all kinds of things in your life to get to you, and he can use anybody for good. And here he's using these sailor, this sailor. And then he said, he told him to go to Nineveh and call on them. The same words this sailor is using for Jonah. How can you sleep? Get up. Arise. And call on your God. Maybe he'll take notice of us so that we will not perish. And this is where Jonah moved from the sleeping to the right, big eyes. What is going on? He's in the middle of this chaos. God has immediately got his attention. God will do that to you. You've been there where you've just been ignoring all the things that are going around you. All of a sudden, God brings a storm. He brings a trial. He brings a situation. He, he brings somebody to speak one word to you. And all of a sudden, the light bulb goes off. And you've moved from being asleep in your selfishness. And all of a sudden, you're saying, God, you got me. You got my attention. What do you need from me? And that's where Jonah is. He went from sleeping to like, 
Oh my gosh, I'm sure he could hear the thunder. Uh, he could see the lightning. The, the water was probably pouring in. He was, and he got up to the deck and it was just total chaos. He realized all the cargo had already been thrown over the side. And he's looking around and they're all trying to find out whose fault is this. And he's going, So they all gather around. They said, let's cast lots. This is a way in the Old Testament they would use to determine God's will in a situation. You'll find this never happens after Pentecost. They don't do it again. We have the Holy Spirit living with us. But in the Old Testament, it was a way. It's come, come, let's cast lots. I'm thinking of Jonah. They're going to cast those out, and he's going, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, God. And it falls to him. And here I want us to see these sailors again. Uh, and, and they realize, all right, it's fallen on him. And it says, so they ask him, tell us who's responsible. Jonah, who, who, for making all this trouble come on us? What do you work? Where are you from? Who are your people? Tell us all about you. And Jonah just has these, these powerful words, the way that he answers that. I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord. He hadn't been. He'd been running. The God of heaven. Who made the sea and the dry land. That's me. That's Jonah. It scared them. And they ask him what he's done. Because somewhere in that conversation. We don't have his his exact words. But he has let them know. That it's me. I'm running. Guys I'm sorry. I'm the one running from God here. He's called me to, to go to Nineveh. I just didn't want to go. So I came here. I'm sorry. Um, and immediately we find in this the, the next verse the sea was getting rougher and rougher and if you can imagine this is a movie can you see this as a movie? and the sea's getting rougher and rougher the waves are coming up over and it's getting worse than it was and they were already scared they already knew they were all crying out to all their gods and, and they're saying Jonah what do you want us to do? how, how are we going to fix this? How would he, you know you worship the God that made this how do we fix it? And here's where Jonah had this opportunity, and this is where we'll be. I I don't know, but I think Jonah could have said, all right, God, I'll go at that point. right? I mean, that's what God is trying to get from Jonah. But he's still so stubborn. I mean, still, even at this point, that he's so stubborn that he would rather die than go. He acknowledges the power of God, but he says, you know what? Just throw me out into the sea. I'm done, I've ran too far, I'm worthless. And what, he, what God is trying to use is something to get his attention and say, you still have worth, you still have purpose, you still have value, you, you still, I, I still can use you. Jonah's maybe seen as punishment, I don't know. But God doesn't use trials for punishment. God used difficulties for discipline to grow our faith and, and grow our hope and teach us truths we couldn't capture otherwise. And he just said, pick me up and throw me into the sea. He replied, it'll become calm. It'll become calm. I know it's my fault. Now, all right, back to these are pagan sailors, and he's supposed to be of God. That happens in this church. We're all on this boat. One of our members said, it's my fault. Throw me into the sea. What do we do? Hitch them up and cast them into the sea. Right? I mean, that's the first thing. This is how we judge people in our church, in our, own, in our little faith-based community. When somebody messes up, we are fighting over who gets to throw the first stone. 
just by natural instinct. We, we throw them a sea. And here you got these pagan, non-believer sailors. Jonah says, "For to save your life, throw me in the sea." And what do they do? They care so much about Jonah that it says they begin to row even harder. Can we be like that for each other? If they could be like that for Jonah, if they could be like that for Jonah, if they can say, we just don't want to have to do that. We love you. I don't even know why they loved him, but they cared so much about Jonah. It says they did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. And they realized they had no other option. They cried out to the Lord as they were doing it, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Don't hold us accountable. And I don't think this was a moment of joy for them. If you could imagine as they maybe got Jonah to the side of the ship. They obviously cared about Jonah. They really didn't want to have to throw him into the sea. This was not a moment of, yeah, we found the guy. Let's get him out of here. This is a moment of broken heartedness, a moment of we have to do this. And they cast him into the sea. He hits the water, goes out of sight, and immediately it's calm. See, God had used used Jonah's storm, and we find out what happens here with these sailors. Even though it wasn't their storm, it had great purpose in their life. They'd been to all these port towns, and they'd never found the true and living God. But here it says... They greatly feared the Lord. They feared Yahweh. They feared Jonah's God. And it says they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. This storm wasn't even their storm, and God used it for their good. If they had never came into that storm, that great wind, if they'd never been panicked, they'd never had to throw stuff overboard, they'd they'd never just been in this almost life-ending situation, they'd have never met the true and living God, same is true for you. There's difficulties, there's things we're all facing that have we never faced them, we would not know God to be who he is. Our faith would not be as strong as it is. And we'll find that Jonah, Jonah's storm is also working for purpose in his life. I want to leave you with three takeaways. We've really just gone through the story well, let me read verse 17. Everybody's like, you got us up to this point. What happens? And we'll spend more time there next week. Jonah has sunk into the water. In Jonah's mind, he's done. It's over. I ran from God. I let him down. And we'll find how he talks about what it felt like when he was sinking in the water. And I used to, as a kid, think of that was so mean of God to put Jonah in that great fish. That's such a bad punishment. I mean, can, can you imagine in the belly of a fish what it smelled like, what it felt like? I mean, mm. 
And yet I read verse 17 that says, Now the Lord provided. <laughs> provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. What I saw as a kid as punishment was the greatest example of mercy and love that God could have ever shown Jonah. He would have drowned otherwise. But it says God provided Jonah a huge fish to swallow him. I want us to take three things away this morning. One, our sin, our disobedience, our selfishness affects those around us. You heard me say that. You can't be selfish and be all about yourself and it not impact other people. It just will. This is this story is a great example. Faith, Jonah's faith, uh, and our faith should serve the public good. And uh, I spent a little time on that, but in this situation, we saw these non-believers caring more about the common good of the entire boat than Jonah was. And God has called us to love our neighbor. Who is our neighbor? Jonah did not love these pagan people. He didn't love the Ninevites. He was being, uh, he was being the exact opposite of the character of God. But he called us in our public faith or our private faith, the way we serve God, we should care about the common good of our community, the bad things that we're all suffering from. We're all in the same boat. We should not just care about our people. We should care about the entire community the third thing is our difficulties are meant for our spiritual good absent the storm Jonah would have continued to run and probably just you know landed on a beach somewhere and lived out his days absent the great fish Jonah would have drowned and his work and purpose would have been over God has continually given Jonah second chances, just like he's given us all second chances. I said last week, if we're breathing, we've got another chance to serve God. Absent this storm and this difficulty that these, these sailors thought was the worst thing they'd ever come to, I want you to imagine. Oh, I think about this. They probably have families, right? Sometime they got back home. Y'all ever have a day at work or a day at school that you just can't wait to get home and tell somebody about? You think this wasn't one? You think this wasn't them going home? You will never believe what happened today. You will never believe what happened this week. You know, we've been sacrificing to these idols our whole life and everybody around us serving all these pagan gods and nothing ever happens. Let me tell you about a man I met. Let me tell you what happened. This storm, of one of which we have never seen before, came upon our ship, and it was for sure going to tear us apart. It was, we were dead. And yet we came across this ruddy old man who admitted he was running from some God he served, and we were so scared we just believed him because we prayed to every God we knew and nothing had changed. And let me tell you what happened. When he hit the water, the sun came out. I've never seen anything like it. Honey, children, let me tell you about the Lord. Let me tell you about the real, the living God that has the power to calm the seas. 
and this difficulty change their life. Let me just say this morning as we get ready to close uh, that the difficulties in our life are speaking to us. God will use them. You'll never be able to figure out, did I cause this? Is this because I messed up? Uh, you don't know, but I promise the, continue, the further you continue to disobey, the more chaotic things are going to be. But you'll never be able to tie it directly to your sin or you know the, the one thing that did it. But you can tie it directly to your future. You can tie it directly to this is God speaking to you, trying to get your attention and saying, and you got two things you can do with it. You can be like Jonah and just keep running. You can be like Jonah, even up to this point in the story where the storm had come and, and he could have just prayed and said, all right, God, I'll go to Nineveh. And you could be like Jonah and just say, just throw me overboard. You keep running from him. You keep running from him. You may acknowledge who he is, but I'm not doing what he wants me to do. Just throw me overboard. Or you can take the trial and the difficulty and see them for what they are. The reckless love of God. This is him revealing the truth to you, asking you to see who he really is. It's him working to develop. He's got such a purpose for you that he's working to develop a faith, a hope. And, and let me tell you, you push through one trial and you, you persevere through one, you're going to see another. And you're going to see another because God's got bigger things. It's progressive. We're supposed to mature. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. This is how he matures us in our faith. It grows faith, hope, love, patience, humility, self-control. So I just asked this morning, some of us are here. Man, it feels good to be there, doesn't it? I mean, literally, it feels good to sleep. I got a one-year-old, and just sleep feels good. But spiritually, we can get here. We can get here where it becomes just a routine, or it becomes a habit, or it becomes religious, and it's not about a relationship anymore. And God will bring things into our life, just like when I shared last week, uh, the difference it made for Harker when I just paid him a little bit of attention, right? Where God is using this difficulty just to get us alert, just to get us to hear where we're seeing, God, I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. I've, I've, been, I've, I've turned and I've said yes to anything else. I've been just going every direction I could figure out to go for myself. Let's pray before we do a song. God, we just thank you that you bring these trials, difficulties in our life, the storms in our life that we don't know who, where they came from or you know, what caused it to spin up. We're just in this fallen world where things are never perfect. Not until we get to heaven will we find perfect. But God, I'm thankful that in the midst of every trial and storm, we could seek you out. We can be confident and know that you've not lost control. We can be confident and know that you can use this and will use whatever we're facing for our good and your good. God, let us use it to run towards you. 
Let us use it to, to turn our attention to you and not to continue to run from you because we know there is a day, there is a point where second chances come to an end. God, we're thankful for this, your mercy that is just so hard for us to understand. We see Jonah and the way he disobeys and continually is letting you down, yet you continue to love him and reach out to him. God, there's people here. There's people here right now saying, I felt God whisper to me over the years. I remember when I was a kid and God would speak to me and he'd say, it's time to get up. It's time to get up, Jared. It's time to get up. I got a purpose for you. I got a call for you and you just ignore it. You hit the snooze button and you never followed him. He's here again and he's saying he's speaking your name in this difficulty. Look to me. God, let us look to you in our trials. Let us trust you in our storms. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.